Well, I am happy to offer my welcome to that you've already received to the Christ Journey family as once again we gather in South Florida and connect around the world. So wherever you're with us today, uh, across the nation, around the world, through Church Online and Kindle Campus, Gables Campus, we want to start, let's wrap all of our voices around this truth. Would you repeat after me? Nothing is too hard for God. Okay, now we're going to try it again, and we're going to speak it so somebody else can take encouragement from this, because somebody's going through a hard place. Somebody thinks it's too much. Somebody thinks the world's in such a mess. Can I tell you something? The world isn't too big for God. God is bigger than the world. God is bigger than your problem. God is bigger than your troubles. So you know what we're going to do? I don't know what that is, but God is bigger than that. You hear that? It's not just me, is it? Okay, good. All right, here we go. Nothing is too hard for God. Amen. So whatever it is you're facing and wherever it is you feel like you're stuck, we're asking God to meet you there today and lift you. Because you know what? We all know what it feels like to be stuck sometimes. I mean, how many times have I felt stuck? Stuck in a car, stuck in traffic, stuck because I ran out of gas, stuck because I had a flat tire. I've been stuck at the airport. You've been stuck at the airport because your flight was delayed again and you're stuck, right? Or you, um, you, uh, you're, you miss a flight like I did one time, and I spent the night in the airport in Ohio. I was stuck. And you ever been stuck in Ohio? That's stuck, let me tell you. Um, sorry, if you're tuning in from Ohio today, we love you. We, we're here for you. Come, uh, come love us back. Um, uh, you ever been stuck in a conversation? Like, you know, you're in a conversation, but somebody's talking, they're talking, they're talking, they're talking, they're talking, they're talking. You're stuck, right? You've thought it. You've felt it, right? And then you know what? Then it comes your turn to talk, and you don't know what to say. Awkward. You're stuck, right? We all know what it feels like to be stuck. Sometimes you feel stuck in life. Like, um, we get hurt. We get hurt, and we get stuck in the pain, and, and we don't quite know how to, how to let go of that pain. We're stuck. Sometimes we experience a loss in life, and we get stuck in the grief. And we're just not sure how do we move forward. We feel stuck. Sometimes we get stuck relationally. Um, you know, it's like uh, we... We, we feel like we're not going anywhere. We're spinning our wheels, maybe. It's not like you're really, you're not really out of the relationship, but you're not really in the relationship, but you don't want to be out of the relationship. It's just that you don't want to be stuck. But there you are, and you're wondering, is this going anywhere? How are we going to get it to where we're going? You're stuck. We know what it feels like to be stuck. Sometimes we feel like we're stuck taking the same test over and over again. Now, sometimes it's a literal physical school test, or a, uh, you're taking the bar and you gotta take it again, you gotta take it again. What, you know, but have you ever felt like in life you're just kind of stuck in, like it's a video game and you're stuck in one level and you don't know how to get to the next level? You're just kind of stuck. What do you do when you're stuck? You know you can be stuck spiritually too. You can be loved by God and still not feel liberated by God. You can feel stuck. You can be saved by the Spirit, but you can still be stuck in your walk with God. When we open the story to is of Israel's journey, that's where we find them. They have been stuck in the wilderness 40 years when we open the book of Joshua, a journey that could have been made in 12 days. And because of their 
rebellion, because of their pride, because of their distraction, they get stuck for decades wandering in a wilderness, an entire generation. Are you stuck somewhere today? Where would it be? Is something, you feel like something's keeping you down? Something's holding you back? Something's got you paralyzed? You know, you're just stuck. What do you do about it? How do you get unstuck? I don't know where you feel stuck today, but I know this. God wants you to find your way into his promise. Out of the wilderness, out of the stuckness, and into his blessing. And the Christian life, those of us who are new to this, those of us who've been around the block for a term on this, I can tell you is really about the process of becoming unstuck. Unstuck to your old life, unstuck to the dead places where sin has taken its toll in your life, and rising to walk in newness of life, being unstuck in Christ, and moving forward. And this is God's blessing for you. He wants you to have it. Now, Hit the pause button for a second, and let me talk to the church. That was about you as an individual. Now, how about us as a church? You know, sometimes churches go through cycles. We go through seasons. For a time, you can be in a lull. And then all of a sudden, God can just lift you to a whole new opportunity and a whole new kind of challenge, that, a threshold of a new beginning. That's where I believe Christ's journey is right now. He is getting us unstuck. <laughs> For some reason, a new beginning is calling us upward, and to get unstuck means that we've got to release where we've been in order to reach where we're going. See, you don't get to second base without leaving first. You don't get to home plate without leaving third. And my sense is that we're in a new day like that as a church. So hold that in your mind, and we'll come back to it. Um, but this is pretty much where the people of Israel are with Joshua when the book opens. It's time for leaders to step up into a whole new opportunity and challenge. Joshua chapter one, verse one. The Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses, my servant, is dead. Moses is dead. I don't know how that made him feel. Moses is dead. But here's what God said. Now, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot just as I promised Moses. So I will be with you and I will never leave you nor forsake you. God speaking, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit this land the land I swore to their forefathers. So be strong and what? Say it together. Very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you and don't turn from it to the right, to the left. No, don't turn that you may be successful in whatever you do. God wants them to be successful. God doesn't want them to be stuck. He doesn't want you stuck either. Doesn't want you veering, getting stuck in the ditch. No, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything that is written therein and then you will be prosperous and successful. That's God's end goal. He wants them to experience success and prosperity, to get unstuck. Have not I commanded you, God speaking, be strong and courageous. 
Do not be terrified and do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Amen? Amen. Okay, now if God just sat you down and gave you that little speech, what do you think God would want you to do? Okay, wait. Uh, be strong and courageous? Yes, yes. Three times in the passage, God is saying, hey, I'm on a threshold of a new opportunity here, and here's what it's gonna require of you. You don't see where it's taking you. You don't know what's gonna be required of you yet, but I'm telling you right up front, we're gonna get unstuck by being strong and courageous. Respond to the opportunity this moment in time is giving you with bold courage, with believing faith. Now, I'm starting there because I want you to know this is an attitude absolutely required to get unstuck in life. Whatever it is that's holding you down, keeping you back, this is a requirement. Show bold faith. The first release from your stuckness, shall we say these three words together? Show bold faith. Yes. That means face your fears. We've all got them. Doubt your doubts, believe your beliefs, and trust the living God that he will be with you even as you are in your stuckness and are taking the next steps out of it forward. So, show bold faith. What is bold faith? Well, I'm thinking it's a state of mind. It's a state of mind. It's a way of thinking. It's an attitude in your heart. You wrap emotion around it. It's a decision of your will. But when those three align into a synergy, there's this kind of thing that rises up in a person of faith that says, hey, I will not be stuck anymore. God doesn't want me stuck. God wants me strong and courageous. And so, and I don't know if you kind of shout at yourself when you get excited like that. Some of us are just quiet. The most bold step forward for you may be a quiet one. Okay, sometimes for me, the most bold steps forward are simply quiet ones. But I'm telling you, if you want to get unstuck, whatever it is that's got you, it won't happen unless you show bold faith. And there will be plenty of reasons for you not to do that. There will be plenty of reasons to keep you afraid and keep you stuck. Like one, for instance, you know what they would say? Well, our leader just died. What are we going to do? All the great leaders are gone. Or somebody's thinking, you know, the best predictor of future performance is past performance. And so let me just remind you of our past performance. The last four decades, an entire generation, our address has been stuck. One, two, three, stuck avenue. This is our past performance. This is what we do. This is where we live. We live stuck. Who are you saying get unstuck? So I'm telling you, that's the way that voice is going to talk to you, some of us. Um, Somebody else saying, you know, well, I, we heard that talk before, Joshua. Moses said we should pay attention to that book. You know how long we've had that book? You know how many talks we've heard from that book? You know what we do when we hear talks from that book? Nothing. <laughs> you know, we just keep on living as if we didn't even hear a talk. We just keep on acting the same way we've always been acting. So I'm telling you, you're stuck. And the only way to get unstuck is to show bold faith, to follow God's book but sometimes that voice will echo in your head. No, 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 I can't change. I've been here so long. It's the way I am is what we say. And then we stay stuck and we don't change. So what I'm saying to you, when you challenge the status quo of your own stuckness, you're gonna have voices echoing in your head. Old habits die hard. But if you wanna get unstuck, listen to me, somebody. You've gotta start with your own attitude. 
That's what he's saying. The way that you think and the way that you wrap emotion around your thoughts, that's what an attitude is. It is the marriage of a belief with emotion. So when you hold a belief, even if it's a false one, and you wrap emotion around it to the point that you feel this is the way you are, then that's where you're going to stay stuck. And so Joshua says, God says, you know what? When it comes to his book, you've got to start choosing to believe what God believes, and you've got to wrap your emotion around it so that it's soaking into your mind and you are meditating on it. You let it get from your mind into your feeling zone, and as it takes in your feelings, you know what happens? You start getting unstuck. As you think God's thoughts along with God, and then you let his truth soak into your mind, and then you speak it from your mouth, isn't that what he said to do? And you speak it from your mouth, you let it soak into your mind until you are ready to act upon it, and then you take a step, then what does he say will happen? Oh, then you'll be prosperous and successful. You know what we do? You know what human nature is? Oh, make me prosperous and successful while I just sit here, Lord. I'm trusting you, it's all up to you. You're going, who are you kidding? You're stuck. You want prosperity and success. Let me show you how it happens. You got to show bold faith first, and you got to spend time in my word so that I can unstick the way you're thinking and then show you how to take steps forward. Now, there's the personal side of this. Let me talk to the church for a second. You know what? For two years now, we have been giving, many of us have been giving above and beyond our tithe financially to Daring Greatly, an initiative of faith that we were saying, God, we're going to believe you on the front end by giving money so that we can underwrite the launch of our next campus. And guess what? I announced just a few days ago that Miami Beach has become our opportunity. Miami Beach High School has said, we want you to come. And so we're going to use the Daring Greatly money. Actually, you know what? We got 200 members from Christ Journey that live right in the island area. Zip code's right over there. And so we're just going to go where they're already living because the high school invited us to come and to bring our physical resources, to bring our spiritual resources, to bear on their needs, and then help serve the people. It's like a Macedonian call. You know, Macedonian calls where Paul was sleeping one night, and he had this dream of a guy saying, come over to Macedonia. And they woke up, he said, I think we're supposed to go to Macedonia. That's what this feels like to me. Like God has made it very clear. Come over and help us. I want to say, of course we will. You know what I want to say? What I hear the Lord saying is this. Be strong and courageous, Bill. Lead the people to inherit the land. And so that's what I'm hearing from this. If you're, if you're wondering, well, why Miami Beach, Pastor? You know, I can tell you. I can tell you that God has people over there that he wants to know him and love him. That they're already living there, many of them, that do know him and they need help for us to love them so that we can, through serving them, they can come to know him. That this is his plan. He said, I want you to go into all the world. We're a John 3.16 kind of church, man. We don't leave anybody out. And if this is where the door opened, then we want to go. And we want to open God. He said, go to Jerusalem and Judea. Listen, the island is our Judea. This is Jerusalem. Now we're just going to cross from the mainland over to the island, and then we're going to share Christ over there, right? And uh, one of our members is part of the administration there who has told us uh, that from the inside, you know, they've recently suffered some great bereavement. One of their beloved softball coaches has passed away, and then another young woman took her own life. And so when we were over there last month visiting with faculty and students and administration, they were responsive, to want the care of a community like us. Now, why would they do that? Let me tell you, several hundred of us have already been there, maybe you, in three city serves, 
And in the city serve, we just go out and we just love the neighborhood. We painted walls, we planted gardens, you know, we uh, re refurbished a, a, a kitchen area in the campus. And since we've been there three times, they already know that we're the kind of church that's a love your neighbor with no strings attached kind of church. And so when, when they said, oh, you would be open to this? And we said, yes. They said, well, we would be open to you because we need that kind of love right here. This is an unprecedented opportunity. And what I'm hearing God say, it's my time. You're my people. This is my church. And it's time to get unstuck from where you've been in your journey. And so if you're wondering, now we'll hit back to the personal side. But what does that have to do with you? Could it be in your growth to be like Christ that part of your getting unstuck personally is about you joining your church family to love your neighbor, to get outside yourself and get unstuck with us as a church. You wanna get unstuck? You gotta show bold faith. What do you do? How do you do that? Well, you gotta face your fears, take your next step, we'll get to that, but then perhaps love your neighbor with your church family. Speaking of a high school, you know, today we're also recognizing and celebrating our high school graduates. For the past 10 years, it will be 10 years this year that we host the premier, um, as a premier host site for the Global Leadership Summit. And this is like world-class sharpening training, um, August 8th and 9th. Um, for, uh, for all of our leaders, we've been doing it, like I said, for a decade. Here's what I would like to do. Our church family, if you're a graduating high school senior from Christ Journey this year, and you would like to go to the summit, we're gonna scholarship you. Whatever the costs are, we'll cover your costs, but here's what you gotta do. You gotta do something. You can't just sit there, you gotta text us. You gotta take action. Here's the text, GLSGrad, 786 okay? And allow us to sharpen you for the impact that God is gonna have with your life as you help us share his life with our world. Release number one, show bold faith. Release number two, get on the move. Shall we say that together? Get on the move. Yes, you can't just sit there, you gotta move. Here's what the Lord says, verse three. I will give you every place where you set your feet. In other words, you gotta take steps, but as you take steps, my promise will meet you there. And the promise is amazing, verse four. The territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, from river Euphrates to the great sea. Here's what that looks like on the map. Here's what God said. This is your potential inheritance in the new land, okay? By the end of their faith walk, because he just said, wherever you walk, that's what I'm gonna give you, right? By the end of their walk, how much did they have? Well, see that dark black line that says Jordan River right up there? They took what was on the west side of that line. Really? Yeah. I'm wondering, why does God want us to know that? Because maybe he has promises he would fulfill in your life, but unless you take steps to go there, you're gonna have actual versus potential. And he's saying there's a step that you need to take if you wanna see my promises show up in your life. But it's like they were saying, well, at least this is more than what we've had. Yeah, but it's not all that you could experience. Right? Is that what God wants you to see today? That when you tend to say this, well, you know what? I'm, I, you know, I'm not where I used to be, thank God. Okay, I thank God too. But where, does, where could you be? What does God want to do with you? Don't get stuck in the subtle zone. You know what the subtle zone is? 
That's where you get tempted to settle for less than God's best. And it happens to people all the time. It happens to Christians all the time. It's when we say this, okay, well, so I'm not all the way in, but you know what? At least I'm not all the way out, right? And we settle. We're kind of in no man's land, in between, right? I've heard this when it comes to salvation. I've heard it described as slop bucket repentance. You know the story of the prodigal son? He gets into far country and he's feeding the pigs. And so he's eating what he has to feed the pigs. And when he decides to go home, he just takes a bucket of slop with him and puts it in a closet in case he wants it for later. You know what? People do that with God too. They don't come all the way clean. We don't come all the way clean. We just take a little slop home with us and say, now I'll keep this for later. You know what you just did? You settled. Settled for less. I see it happen in relationships. Uh, instead of waiting on God's choice for a marriage partner, no, 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 I gotta get married. And then they jump and, oh. Instead of waiting, and then, did they just settle? Instead of waiting for God's way of human sexuality and fulfillment, they say, oh, no, no, I know what I want to hear. And, and, and everybody else is doing it. And, and then they don't know why they feel stuck. This isn't what I thought. God, does, God is about success, not settling. And then what happens is what Thoreau says, you know, it's this place called quiet desperation. That's just another way of saying I'm stuck. Something's not happening here. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Or a lady either. You know, Lot's wife got stuck. She got stuck on stuff in Sodom and Gomorrah. She liked her stuff so much that when they said, now don't look back, she said, but all my stuff is, you know, pillar of salt. And she was stuck. Now, I'm not saying you're going to turn into a pillar of salt, but I'm telling you, God made you for more than stuff. More than material goods. He wants you to experience the promise of his success in your life. Now, you can do that. You can get stuck on your stuff, but why would you? And yet we do it all the time, people, and it kills us. And then we say, oh God, I'm stuck. And he says, I can show you how to get out. There's another wonderful passage in this story. Verse 12, Joshua speaks to the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. He's reminding them what Moses commanded. These are tribes that settled on the east side of the Jordan River. And they, they went ahead and set up camp and established their families over there. And then Moses said, well, yeah, you can do that. But here's the thing. When the rest of everybody's crossing the Jordan River, I want your warriors, I want your fighting men to get fully armed. I want you to put on your fighting gear, and I want you guys to be tip of the spear team to lead the way across the Jordan River so that all the other tribes can get in. And then once they're across the river and settled in the land, then you return home to your wives, your children, and your possessions. And they said, you know what, we'll do it. We're in. He was asking them to be tip of the, tip of the spear team, and they were saying, all for one and one for all. In verse 14, or 16, excuse me, this is what he says. Wherever you send us, we will go. In other words, if this is the time for us to be on the move, then we're gonna get on the move together. If you wanna get unstuck, you gotta be willing to get on the move. You can't just sit there. What step is God calling you? And it's probably gonna be willing to move out of the familiar, out of comfort, the comfortable surroundings of the familiar so that you can help somebody else find their way. It's right here in the story, right? 
Now, speaking of that, we're looking for that too for our Miami Beach launch. We're looking for a team of spiritual warriors, I don't know, 100 people, 200 people, who would say, you know what, Pastor? <laughs> My family's settled. I- I'm, gonna, I'm gonna trust God to let me join this team for the next 12 months, the next 18 months, and we will form a tip of the spear spiritual warrior team to establish a beachhead in Miami Beach High School so that others can find their way to Christ. And then after we've fulfilled our term of duty, we'll return home. You know what? That's how we launched Kendall Campus. We love you, Kendall. We had a group of Gideon's warriors who said, we will leave Gables Campus. We're gonna get this thing launched at Kendall area. And now you guys are almost 300 strong regularly. And I wanna say, God bless you for taking the step of faith. And God bless those who are willing to step forward in the way. And that same thing needs to happen now for Miami Beach. And it won't only be to launch the beach. Guess what? It will be to get you unstuck. Somebody's going to get unstuck. Because you're not just coming to soak it in. You're coming to step it up and to make way for somebody else. Here's release number three. Obey God fully. Now this may be the greatest takeaway for somebody here today. Whether you're stuck or not. Maybe you said, well, this really isn't about me. I'm not stuck, Bill. Okay, well, let me tell you what Jesus taught the greatest thing that any human life can do. Obey God. In fact, this is what he said. He who has my commandments and obeys them is the one who loves me. And if you love me, I will make myself known to you. Do you want to know more of God in your experience? You want him to know that you love him? Then obey his commandments. Your life is meant for nothing nothing less than that. To experience the fullness of the will of God. How do you know the will of God? Well, Joshua says you got to know the word of God. You want to get in on the will of God, then get into the word of God. He says pay attention to his word. Take time in the morning, in the evening. He says day and night. He says keep his word close to you. Keep it in your heads. That's the meditate on it part. We've got to allow its thought process to change our attitudes. And then he says, then take it into your heart. That's where we're coupling it with the emotion. And then we put it into action in our hands, thinking, feeling, doing. And he says, do this every day, every night. And what's going to happen? When you are careful to align your life to his word, then what does he say? You'll be prosperous and successful. Verse 8. Now, some of you have been praying to be prosperous and successful, haven't you? God just showed you the way forward. But you know what? It's going to take bold faith, your faith. You want to get there. You're going to have to take steps. You're going to have to get on the move. And then, and nobody wants to be on the losing team in life. God doesn't want you to be there either. He's trying to get his people into success and prosperity. And the way to it is by living unstuck lives. How do you do that? Shall we just review quickly? You got to show bold faith. You got to get on the move. You can't just sit there. You got to obey God fully. What am I supposed to obey? Well, if you're not in the word, you won't know his will. But if you get in the word, get in a group, start putting it in practice. Then he says success will find you in spite of your fear. So here's the question. Where is God calling you to do that right now? Because like I said, did you know it's fully possible to be loved by God and still not be liberated in your life? 
It's possible for you to be saved by his grace and yet stuck in place. And God doesn't want that to happen to you. Is there a fear that is holding you back that you need to push through? But I'm afraid that I won't like what God has for me. You know, some thinking needs to change. Then you don't know how much God loves you. But I'm afraid that I might not have what it takes. Hey, Moses didn't think he had what it takes. Now Moses is dead. Joshua's stepping up. Joshua could be thinking this, but I'm no Moses. I'm not, I'm not smart enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not whatever enough, you know. If, if I was as outgoing as Maria, then I could lead a group. You know how we talk to ourselves and talk ourselves back from taking the bold step forward? That's got to change if you want to get unstuck. How can you do that? Well, let me suggest an exercise you can try at home. Please, try this at home. My hunch is that there's some space in your house that could use some cleaning. No insult intended. I'm talking about that clutter drawer in your kitchen. Right? You know, maybe a couple of them there. Or maybe your closet. Maybe there's a closet. You know the closet I'm talking about. You haven't been cleaning for a while. Or maybe it's the garage. Hey, guys, you know, you want to chalk, take off the big one. Bite off the garage. And here's what you do. You know what you're doing when you're cleaning that drawer? You're saying, well, what should I keep? What should I throw away? What should I give away? What should I put in a garage sale? What should I, you know, what should I give to somebody else, right? And so you're going through your closet. You're saying that. You're separating it out. Or you're going through the garage. You're separating it out. But what if you added this? What if you added this? Now, Lord, my life is like this drawer. My life is like this closet. My life is like this garage. If there's something that you think I need to just throw away, then would you show me so... If there's something that I need to give away and let go of, Lord, because I really want to come clean with you. I, I really want to see what you have for me. So, Lord, would you clean my soul? Would you show me the stuff in my life that I need to throw out? Would you show me the stuff that I need to hand off? Would you show me where I need to step up and be the new leader so somebody else can take what I was holding on to and they can become a leader too? Would you show me, Lord? And you might be surprised how God can use a little exercise like that right in your spiritual life, and then you'll have a clean drawer and a clean closet and a clean garage too. It's like a bonus. God will help us get unstuck as we seek to claim the new ground and get on the move for our campus. If uh, God has stirred your heart today, you've been praying for several days, maybe just today, you thought, you know, Bill, I think Miami Beach... I'm one of the warriors that needs to be on that team. Okay, then text this to me. Miami Beach, 786-610-10. Okay, just text Miami Beach. Now somebody's thinking, well, I don't, I don't think I'm Miami Beach, Bill. Okay, maybe you text Gables because you know that you're attending, but it's time to step up. It's time to lead up. It's time not to stay still. So you would text this word, Gables, 7866-101010. Or Kendall, Kendall, 7866-101010. Just write the name in there. And somebody else is thinking, well, you know, Bill, I don't really know, no, but you know, I'm open. Okay, then you text this word, open, 7866-101010. What's that number, everybody? 7866-101010. Okay, you know where I'm going with this? When you're on a journey, everybody's got to take a step so that we don't leave anybody behind. So what I'm asking everybody to do 
is to get out your phone and text your next step. What is it? I don't know. I guess you could text closed. I'll just stay stuck. Thanks, Pastor. Nice try. Is that what God wants? Serious, folks. We're way beyond simply church attendance in this talk, aren't we? We're in, God has given us an opportunity, and it's our chance to say yes and then let him work. Would you pray with me? Your journey right now forward, upward, requires you to take a step to show bold faith. Do you know what it is? To get on the move. Do you know what step it is? To obey God fully. Are you willing to say, Lord, I'm not sure, but I'm open. I'm leaning in. Then would you do that with him right now? Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And then take your next step. For somebody, maybe you're a guest here today, you're saying, well, you didn't include me. What am I, what's my next step? Well, come again next week. Or maybe this is one you could take right now. Jesus, if you are real and you want to be in my life and bring blessing, then I want you there. So I'm opening my heart and I ask you to forgive my sin and I am turning from doing life my way to learn how to do life your way and walk with you into the future of blessing. Come into my life and lead me as I make my prayer in your name. Now, our heads are still bowed for a moment, but if you join me in that prayer and would let me ask God's blessing upon your next steps of faith, would you simply raise your hand and keep it high for a moment? If you're joining us online, there's a place you can click right now and we're praying for you. Kendall Campus, you know our pastor is watching and praying for you right now. Yes, thank you. Over to my left, toward the middle and the back, God bless you. Right here toward the front, second row, God bless you, sister. Here on the aisle to my right and then about midway back on the far right. God bless you. Thank you. Lord Jesus, for every person whose hand is raised, signify a heart that's open. We thank you that you have already heard their prayer and that your spirit is present. And now we invite your blessing to take us forward as we make this prayer in your name. Amen.